I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Achten Millwall. Listening to Achtung Millwall Emergency Broadcasting Special, a public service broadcast made on behalf of the Real Millwall Fan Show and Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from South Bermondsey. Huge welcome to Achtung Millwall. My name is Nick Hart, and we have a new voice on the show, a new voice for your delectation, dear listeners. Big welcome to Millwall fan Dave Collins. Welcome to the show, Dave. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having uh, me. No, you're welcome, mate. You're welcome. Thanks for getting in touch. Um, we've been covering since the COVID-19 virus began. We've been trying to look look back at various um, aspects of the past. Nostalgia is all we've got at the moment, Dave, isn't it? Um, yes. So very strange times. But you've chosen, well, you gave me a couple of seasons, actually, to choose from, um, to look back at. Um, and you're you have a similar kind of vintage to myself, Dave. You did I read that you started going about 1977? Yeah, Timothy? I was a young boy, and I started going in '77. Uh, um, I think I first started going properly in about '80 because I seem to collect right. programs. I don't know if you remember them, but they were like uh, they were the green, like a football. Yeah, league. yeah, yeah. Um, I so, do. Yeah, really, my first season properly, I'd say. So about five years. I'm about five years. Um, uh, before you in that sense, but similar kind of vintage, shall we yeah. say. Um, so, real fan from the 80s onwards, but we've we've gone for a season today that's an unusual choice. And I'm, I'm, I was quite interested to do this when, when you suggested as one of your, your seasons, so to speak, um, because it's a, it's a little remembered season in many ways. It, it's 1990 to 91, dear listeners, and it, it kind of, um, it followed on from the relegation, the 89-90, when you know, the kind of wheels came off rather, didn't it, at the day? And we we were relegated in flames, is what I've written on my notes. It was a it was a it was a very poor season when you look back at it, given that we had so much in that that first season in the top flight. The second one was a real anti climax. Oh, it was a shocker. Um from memory, I mean it, it's ingrained in my in my mind. I I didn't even have to make any notes about that previous no. season. No. Uh, the last win, and I'll double check actually before before I started speaking to you, but I, I remember our last win was sometime before Christmas in the <laughs> Villa. Um, right. 
Uh, I can remember, I'm, I'm even certain Paul McGrath scored for them. I, have to admit, I haven't checked that, but I'm sure no. you remember that game. And then we had a, a little win again in the FA Cup in January. I think it was against City, Man City. Manchester City, yeah, that's right. Uh, Paul yeah. God was, I think. That's was, right. Uh, that was his goal. That was the that only was goal he ever goal. got, wasn't it? <laughs> and then after that, it was just abysmal. I, I literally can't remember much of the rest of the season. Other than loss after loss, Bob Pearson at some point. Bob Pearson finished time. It was a very strange campaign. Maybe we'd do that another day as another <laughs> another show. I mean, it, we, we suffered a catastrophic loss of form to, in the end, um, we weren't doing too badly at one point in the second part of the season, but somehow we never convinced that year and we, we, we fell away badly after January, as, as you say, and we, we couldn't win a pot. I don't think we won again all season and finished up sacking uh, John Doherty, um, he went in the march and Bob Pearson um, finished up in, in charge. There was a great quote by Danny Baker at the time as uh, Bob Pearson being like a rabbit caught in the headlights of an oncoming juggernaut on the M1, you know, a man um, ill-suited for management. I can't actually remember him. I, mean, I remember him being in charge, but I can't remember anything about him, Dave. Um, I, could, well, I can remember him being our scout, but I, I, yeah. it was just <clears throat> right that point, yeah. Really. I mean, what possessed it? Well, I, I, I assume it was money, just to say, <laughs> which we, we've always done pretty well, actually, that type of route of saving money. Well, I think it was money because I've just, you know, just doing some prep for the 1990-91 season, which was us back in the, uh, I think it was still called Division 2 then. It still was the second division of the Football League because um, it predated the Premier League. But um, it's interesting, we're talking about money. I mean, the... the Appointment with Bob Pearson as a kind of a stopgap at the end of the season. I, I think actually Bruce Rioc actually joined us almost on the on the stroke of the finish of the season. He he came in sometime during the April when it would have you know been the last gasp of um, of us already being relegated. But Rioc was the manager. But I mean, when we look at some of the <clears throat> the players we shipped out, uh, Dave. I mean, Cascarino had gone in um, March to Aston yeah. Villa, one point five million. Um, there's a lot of talent. So, I mean, you know, with, at the time, that seemed like a decent price. I mean, it probably was by the standards of the day. But we, we certainly lost a talented forward in, in Tony Cascarino and broke up the, the classic sharing Cascarino partnership at that time, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And we also got rid of, around the same time, we got rid of Danny Salman. Who, uh, Salman, yeah. Um, you know, um, a pretty decent player for us. One player of the season, from memory, uh, I, years I, before. I, I think there were, I mean, Cascarino is probably a good example and there were others to follow. I mean, Herlock went in the August of, uh, so the start of the new season, Herlock went, Danny Salman went in the March um, and Phil Babb. I mean, you forget Phil Babb played for the, for the Lions, but he left to, to go to Bradford City on a free. So I think there was just a sense that, um, not so much with Babb perhaps, but certainly Cascarino, Salman and Herlock, the players were just kind of, Jumping ship, rather, and I mean, Herlock and, and Cascarino went to a higher level at Rangers and to to Villa, and I think there was just a sense that they were abandoning ship almost, like it was sinking. You know, time to time to get out and keep your keep your position in the top flight, almost. You know, it was a very dispiriting time that that's that summertime. It was, yeah. I, I mean, Herlock sort of went, I think, after the start of the season, so yeah, played for us in the nineteen ninety one season, and and to be honest. We never really, I, I don't think in that year, replaced him. We was, uh, you know, we, we, we under Rioc, we had a we had a new style of play. I, I thought it was quite cavalier at times for us. 
Yes, it was. Yeah. You know, under Doherty, it was quite one-dimensional at times. Um, under Pearson, it, it was the same as well. But you know, he brought a new system in. He brought a new, a new style of football in. But at the same time, although he was cavalier, we was uh, winning or losing games, and we. We, our our defence seemed to suffer quite a bit in that set. Although we finished uh, pretty high up, our defence was pretty uh, pretty poor at times from memory in that season. That would cost us in the in the playoffs. I mean, we had Dave Thompson in central defence um, in the playoffs, which we'll, which we'll come on to. Uh, yeah. And I think you're right. I think we there, there was a real sense that the the classic team that had taken us up was now breaking apart. Cascarino went, Salman went, Herlock went. Um, Jimmy Carter would go. Uh, I think his head was away with the fairies for the first chunk of the season. I think they all had um, ideas of first division football. Carter went to Liverpool for 800,000. So we, we weren't getting bad money for them. But there was a sense of a, I mean, I've written it, a, a, a end of an era, really. Um, you know, with with the, the plans to build the new stadium starting to take um take fruition as well you know it, there was a sense that there was a mill was ending here and um, a team that was ending that had achieved so much yeah but I that's, think it was definitely a, a end of an era I think you're quite right there yeah I mean that said I mean you're, you're right about the defence I think we were defensively poorer but um, when you look at some of the players that came in Dave I mean Malcolm Allen in the march so that would have been a, a I guess a Bob Pearson um, signing signed for 400 grand from from Norwich um, Mick McCarthy, and keep that name in mind for another edition, listeners. Mick McCarthy came in on loan from Lyon, uh, then 200 grand. But I mean, really, when you look at the August, these would be Riox signings. There's some pretty, you know, Alex Ray from Falkirk for 100,000. That's that's some deal there, I'd say. That's that's yeah. good business. And well, I'd also I also wrote, I wrote three things down there, Nick McCarthy, who would later on go on to probably backstab Riox. Stick the knife in. That was that was what. <laughs> Uh, Alex Ray was probably one of our best attacking midfielders um, ever. You know, yeah, yeah, ever. Um, so he, he, had, he mentioned it on a previous podcast. He, one thing about Rioc, he had a he had an eye for. He, he was almost a scout. He, he brought in some great players. He but, did. Yeah, know, could manage. I was looking at some stats earlier on. He actually had an identical win ratio as. Um, Peter Anderson. So we'll we'll leave it there, shall we? Yeah, I think it's funny. I'm, I'm leaping around my notes slightly, but I mean, I, I think that this season does rest on Bruce Rioch's personality, and it's a it's probably a good point to get in at the start because I did a little bit of reading, and I I, I hadn't really absorbed the he had a disciplinarian reputation. At, um, all the clubs that he managed, particularly at the Den, I don't think that went down very well. And I remember there being you know, stuff in the fanzines at the time, Dave, about Sergeant Major Rioch and all this kind of, um, you know, um, jump to it, lads, kind of a, a approach. Um, but when he when he left Arsenal, because uh, he, he went on to manage other clubs, including Arsenal, um, there's a, an interview and the, the, the uh, journalist is uh, says that Rioch is a believer in moral absolutes. M- m- moral absolutes, Dave. A stern disciplinarian whose code is strongly influenced by his upbringing in a military family from Aldershot. I mean, don't sound like I'm, <laughs> I don't think I'd want to work with him. <laughs> well, just on uh, Arsenal, I think he had a big fallout with uh, with Ian Wright at one stage as he well. He did. Um, and also, from a signing perspective, people forget he signed Burkamp. Yes. So a very curious mixture of a man because, you know, another signing, we've got Alex Ray coming in from Falkirk from 100 grand. 
John Goodman, really quick. I mean, maybe not one of our best ever players, but pacey forward. They signed from Bromley FC for 30 grand. Well, these are good deals. These are good signings at good prices. And there was this curious mixture of discipline mixed with like a semi-artistic flair for, for he liked a flair side, a flair player, didn't he? He was a bit of an enigma, I think, is a good way to put it. And um, yeah. I, I, I thought that when further down the line, when McCarthy uh, took over, I think McCarthy benefited in the first season, and maybe the first two seasons, from having Riox players. Absolutely. He had an eye for a player at all, McCarthy. McCarthy um, was the complete opposite. He, he was an awful, <laughs> awful judge of a player. Um, <laughs> Uh, if only we could have merged McCarthy and Rioch into one person, you know, maybe we would have got further. I don't know. But I mean, one other signing just to start the season off, listeners, John McGlashan uh, from Montrose for 50 grand. So he actually cost more than uh, than John Goodman just. But he was a decent player as well. John McGlashan, I used to perversely like him. I, he, he, had, he had skill and touch and he had, he had something about him in kind of midfield defensive type of, to, uh, of role. So some good signings there. So, you know, there was, how did you approach the season, Dave? Because I, I remember feeling that we we would looked about, we wanted to bounce straight back. We were just relegated, but I thought we we had it in us. Still enough of the old side and some some interesting new new signings to potentially bounce back. Did you have that 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 feel at the start of this season? Yeah, I, I went into the season very optimistic. I think as well, it's well, the only time ever that we've actually gone down into what's now the championship. Um, and when you look at the, the teams who were actually in the in the league that year, yeah. uh, well, West Ham was in it, so they was obviously going to be a bit of a threat for us. Um, Sheffield Wednesday went down with us, but there, there wasn't many other teams in that division at that time who I actually thought were, were going to be a problem. I, I, I genuinely thought that playoffs would be the worst um, uh, uh, example uh, position that we could get, and and but I was hoping obviously for automatic promotion. So yeah, we went went into the season. I, I was quite hopeful, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I approached it the same. I think that you know we'd had that kind of um <clears throat> you know the kind of like the wacky races when the chugger bug used to lose its wheels and yet still somehow carry on running. You know that was the previous season for me. But I felt that we approached this with we still had the basis of a decent side. We still had. Uh, our talisman Teddy Sheringham up front. I'm just looking at the team for the the opening day fixture against Watford. Um, the goalkeeping position this year would would kind of alternate between Brian Horn, the again a member of the of the classic side, and Keith Brannigan, who wasn't a wasn't a bad goalkeeper. Um, wasn't wasn't one of our best, but he wasn't a bad keeper as as I recall. This far down the line, um, so we had Brannigan, Keith Stevens was still there, Ian Dawes was still there, Dave. Yeah, um, Dorsey, great player. Yeah, Dorsey, wonderful player. Darren Morgan was still here, little Darren. Um, Steve Wood opened up. Uh, McCleary, Jimmy Carter, Malcolm Allen from the back end of the previous season. Teddy Sheringham, and then the new the new boy Alex Ray and Des Bradley. So that was still give or take one or two major major losses with Cascarino and, and Herlock, but that was still the side that won us promotion and more than held its own in Division One. So. I, I certainly came into it with with some sense that um, we could achieve, and and the early results. Well, I'd, I'd forgotten this completely, and it's interesting doing these shows because I don't know about you, Dave. I've forgotten that we've made a pretty cracking start to the campaign. We we were unbeaten till 
um, October. I was having a look myself, Nick. I, I, I actually forgot I went to the first game away at Watford. Um, Watford, yeah. Nice sunny day, and uh, Malcolm Allen um, scored from memory, and I um, can't remember who else got the second goal. I think you got both goals, actually. Allen got two, 41 and 68, yeah. But um, just going back on what you said there, you know, Carter, Allen, Sheringham, Ray, that's as good a foursome up front, and, you know, I, I think I've I've seen. I can't think of a better foursome than that. You know, when they were playing well, they were they were really really good. Um, I, I think we struggled as well there. You know, you mentioned Briley. You know, Liz Briley sort of. He, I don't know if he was falling out of favour, but you know, we had really Morgan and um, Morgan and Ray in the midfield. Yeah, uh, yeah. Briley pushed out on the left side from memory a lot of the yeah. Bit of a Number- left winger. Number eleven this day. Oh, it's not his position at all. Yeah, and it, we, we, you know, for me, I, I just feel we never really had, as the season progressed, we didn't really have um, sort of like we never really replaced Herlock, and I think O'Callaghan was in and out the side. But yeah, you know, as you say, we started the season like a house on fire. Three wins out of three. Yeah, I mean, we we start the season. Um, it was a late start. I'm guessing. I don't know that it started on August the 21st. So. And later, I'm guessing that was the World Cup because it had been the Italian 90 in the course of the summertime. So I think that because the, the second game of the season was on the 1st of September. So that's that's me presuming. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, any any listeners. But we've got some cracking wins. Three, we've won the opening three fixtures. 4-1 against Barnsley, which I do remember being there for that. Um, at Colblow Lane. And then um, a win at Newcastle. Um, wins and draws, basically, to start us off. And by... Um, 6th of October, we beat West Brom at home. So, you know, a fair chunk of the season in. We're sitting in um, fourth place, third place, third and fourth places and looking good at that point of the season. But as ever, with Millwall, Dave Collins, there's a buck coming, isn't there? There is (laughs) a buck. In this case, it was uh, November and December. Yeah. Basically, uh, Kai Bosch, I think our, our uh, automatic promotion chances, in hindsight, we had an absolute shocker. Having said that, I do remember a game before that, um, right at the end of actually at the end of October, yeah. going up to Villa away in the League Cup, and uh, Tony Cascarino scoring for Villa, and then getting absolutely booed with causes <laughs> Judas. <laughs> He never celebrated when he scored, neither. I do remember that. That's no consolation. But it's, yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, uh, Mill, Neil, Villa 2 at, at Villa Park. Cascarino 49, David Platt for Villa. Um, in front of just 15,000. That's the other thing I just wanted to, before we go too far into the season, the low crowds. I mean, our average yeah. crowd this season, 10,000 and 10,800 and something. Not much, you know. And some of, these, some of the crowds, I mean, that, that, that Villa game there, I know, um, you know, maybe from Villa's point of view, first division v second division isn't such an attraction, but just 15,000 in, in, in Villa Park. These were very, very different days. Um, but, you know, uh, and one other game I just want to pick out, we had a poor run, basically, from October onwards, but we did have one famous game. I don't know if you remember this one, Dave. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday at High Mill 4, Sheffield Wednesday 2. Um, we came back from 2-0 down in the second half. Absolute barnstorm, one of the best atmospheres I can remember at the at the old place and that was in front of just 12,800 uh, so just under 13,000 at the old place yeah but, uh, that one I, I even I think that was my one and only 
um, VHS tape I bought of a Millwall game. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, 2-0 two nil, two nil down, yep. you know, come out, totally different team in the second half. Yeah, just a great game. I, I, and I think as well, as you go through the season, one of their, well, their both their goals were scored by uh, the only other striker in the division who was rivaling Sheridan, um, David Hurst. And I think David Hurst, yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Very, very good player. I think he doubled up as a defender as well as a, as a forward, didn't he, at um, yeah. various points in his career. Very yeah, strong great, player. Great game, that one. Yeah, so 2 0 down at half time. The Lions came out of the traps having had a, a, a Reoc military style rocket, I imagine, at half time. Goals from Jimmy Carter, Teddy Sherring, and Malcolm Allen and Alex Ray, and uh, late, two late uh, winners there. Um, 88 minutes and 90 to to uh, put four past um, Sheffield Wednesday. Classic game. I think anyone that was there that day will retain that in their hearts for a long while. But it wasn't the spark that we all hoped it to be, Dave. It's, you know, we, I think our next win. Um, was not until Boxing Day after that, so we've gone through November and de- December without a pot to uh, a pot to piss in, basically. Um, and then a, a Boxing Day win at, uh, at home to Leicester, which left us in seventh position at that point. So kind of mid-table, eighth, ninth, te- seventh, and, and uh, you know we're kind of hovering in the nowhere zone at this point, aren't we? Yeah. Well, um, what was interesting about that period? I mean, the wheels they just totally come off. We couldn't win a game for love nor money, for the whole of November and virtually the whole of December. Yet we never really dropped out. Well, we didn't drop out the top 10. We, in fact, we didn't really drop out the playoffs until uh, and, and, and until around Christmas time. So I can't even yeah. remember, but I can only imagine other teams around us weren't doing uh, very well neither. I mean, at this point, just looking at that team that beat Leicester on Boxing Day, and that would be 1990, you still got the Horns, Stevens, Dawes, but then you got the arrival of Gary Waddock, um, who was a Mark Mike player, wasn't he? I mean, he divided yeah. opinion, Gary Waddock. I, I never liked him. Did you like him, though? Poor man's Ray Wilkins. Pass the place. It was, yeah, I never took to him. He wasn't a Millwall player. He never, and that he was he was in the role of 
Herlock when we, we'd gone from Hellfire and Brimstone to, um, you know, like a really weak, tepid cup of tea. You know, it was it was it was nothing. Um, we've still got Wood. We've got McLewis. Paul Stevenson's made a comeback here. I think Carter was on the brink of going at this point. So Liverpool, his, his mind was away. He'd been tempted. John Goodman was now in the side with his pace, Elvis, as we used to call him, uh, and Sheringham and Alex Ray up front. Um, I mean, the story of the season really was Sheringham's goals, isn't it? I mean, he'd go on to get 38 goals over the course of the season. It was a uh, an absolutely immense personal effort. I, I. Well, you, you mentioned Judas earlier on, Cascarino there, and, and I know that Sheringham gets called it. I, I don't know how you stand on the issue, Dave, but I can never call him Judas. I, the What he gave to our club in this season alone and the promotion and first division campaign, he more than, he more than paid his dues for Millwall, in my opinion. He was entitled to go on and get his um, fame and fortune elsewhere. But, you know, 38 goals by any players is an, is an immense effort by anyone's de- definition. Oh, um, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's, you know... In this day and age, people who talk about Neil Harris, uh, for me, still arguably Teddy Sheringham's the the best striker we've ever had. I mean, the the 38 goals in in this particular year, I can remember certain games where he, whilst the game's going on, he's actually pointing and telling people where where he was absolutely leading the line. The only only thing I would say, and I've always thought, the difference between Sheringham and and, 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 uh, Neil Harris... And obviously, Neil uh, suffered uh, with a cancer scare, so really no fault of his own, uh, uh, you know, in, in fairness. But yeah. Sheridan done it at the top level. Yes, you know? and, absolutely. And for me, that's the difference, the only difference between the two. I agree. He did it with us at the top level. He he gave everything. I mean, we've mentioned players that left us when the, the ship was sinking. He didn't leave us. He stayed on, um, tried to get us back in, and we came very close. And other, other factors meant that we didn't get promoted this season. It wasn't wasn't for the want of effort on Teddy Sheringham's part. I, I can never join in those those calls of Judas. I think it's um, it's naive, personally. But there we are. Um, that's, that's, that's the football fan for you, isn't it? Um, so yeah, well there we are at the at the, the start of the new year, um, kind of mid table. We do recover a bit of form. We start to scratch games out. There's there's a famous FA Cup game there, four four at home against Sheffield Wednesday again. We we seem to have them as a bit of a um, you know a, a kind of a bogey team that season. Four four all at the den, but we lost the replay in the FA Cup, so that was that was the cup run out the window. And yeah, then we had I'm some very excited by this stage of the season because. I actually went to the uh, replay for some reason. It was on a Did midweek, and uh, we was, uh, you know, four four in the first game. We was pretty good, and then all four in the second game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the story of the season because I mean, just look at my. I just call it better form. It was better form in that we we started to get one or two wins. A three nil over Ipswich at at uh, Portman Road, and then a four one at home over Plymouth Argyle. Um, some indifferent game. The West Ham get beat. We draw at Oxford get beat at Bristol Rovers um, and then, you know, wins and draws and, and, and then a little bit of a, a purple patch across March that really got us back into the um, into, into the playoff zone again, really, because we, we go from it's about a nine-match unbeaten run, I think, Dave, from basically across the, the stretch of March and we get ourselves back into the into the mix. We go up to fourth by the end of uh, end of March, beginning no, of April. I've had a second wind after... Uh... That poor period in November, December, we we got our act back together and started giving us all the full sense of hope. I think. I think by that stage we was almost seeking an automatic uh, promotion as well. You know, it was a very good run that was. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, let me check. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, it's about nine game um, with wins. We've we've beat the the standard three one win over Cholton that we you know that was a sorry a, a Sheringham hat trick um, that day. That was in April ninety one, and that win over Cholton puts in fourth place. And I think you're right. Um, you know, at that point in the on the in the aftermath of getting the, getting that result over Cholton, starting to think, well, maybe we can still do it, but. But again, it goes off the boil. Um, frustrating season in many respects. I mean, I've written a season of lost opportunities, really, because, you know, sitting fourth at the start of April to then get beat at home by to Port Vale, 2-1. A, a draw at Hull. We lose at home to Notts County. Um, critical results, looking back. I know it's easy in hindsight, but that's where it went. Automatic kind of slipped out of our grasp a little bit at that point, I thought. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that, that's a that's a good indication of the season, really. Beat Charlton at home, and then we have another home game, lose to Port Vale. I mean, she's yeah, you know, draw uh, away. Who I think they were teetering on relegation, and then um, I do remember the next game because uh, our uh, Neil Warnock was manager of Moss County at the time, and they were filthy that season. And I can remember them getting a getting a maybe a two goal lead, and then. Literally every person going down a feigning injury. That's another that and the Sheffield Wednesday four two are the games that for some reason stand out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he would he would actually manoeuvre. Um, interesting point with Warnock because Notts County actually go up that season via the playoffs. They were yeah, first they, division side the the following season, which is interesting given where they've they've fallen out of the league now in National League football. So. It's, you know, it's it was a very shrewd manager, and I think you're right. He, he knew how to work uh, a game of football in his favour. It's all, also interesting just looking at the team. It, it evolved over the course of the season. Really, we've gone from a, a team at the start that's still, re, you know, visibly in touch with the the classic Millwall '87, '88, '88, '89. You know, the, the the classic iconic names, and then that win over Charlton. There, we've got Keith Brannigan, Stevens, Dawes, Thompson, Dave Thompson. A very frustrating player, I found, Dave. Crikey, yeah, very frustrating. He was, he was willing, and he was, you knew he was genuine and willing, but he was not quality. He had, he would replaced um, Wood, and um, McCleary was in this defence actually, but Steve Woods felt like a, an elegant player. Where Dave Thompson looked like a bloke who just kind of um, was in the in the Barnaby or something. He said, "Fancy a quick game, Dave? You know, there's a there's a, there's a match. Get your boots. You know, there's a, he has a the stability of, of a giraffe." He used to uh, used to fall over a fair bit and used to he hit a ball, but you never knew what direction it was going to. No, happen. no, I don't think he knew either. It was it was it was a mistake waiting to happen. I don't know how he earned a living at this level anyway, but there we are. So he's in defence. We've got Kenny Cunningham, who was um, a very solid um, defender, stroke defensive midfielder. Um, McCleary, um, Paul Stevenson, Malcolm Allen, Sheringham, Waddock, and Paul Kerr. Another new name, Paul Kerr, coming from Middlesbrough. Uh, Middlesbrough, yeah. Um, and it, it was a, you know, he was okay, but he wasn't, he wasn't going to rip up the, uh, the den, was he? He was not um, someone that would excite you. You wouldn't cross a road to see a team with Paul Kerr playing in it. But it was okay, you know. No, just a solid play. I think we had him for two or three years. Yeah. For three in the ends, but uh, you have forgot one outstanding player that we had that season. Uh, I think he only played one game, Mick Fillery. Mick Fillery. From- <laughs> <laughs> it was quite old by that stage. I remember Mick Fillery as a child in the 70s. Yeah, um, yeah. He played for Chelsea for a long period of time. He was at Chelsea. Did he go to Charlton? Was he at Charlton at one point? Quite done, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I remember as a Chelsea player. But he's, he's one of those. I'm going to do a show on obscurities at some point. Fillory will surely feature in, in that obscure show. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've gone off the boil at the end of the season, a critical moment. Um, April turns into a bit of a bit of a, a quagmo. Good win at Bristol City to just to keep us in the playoff zone, and then a, a final. Yeah, sharing a metric. Yes, right. And we've just maligned Dave Thompson, but he's got a goal down there, so maybe we should forgive him for a little, a little bit. Um, and then a final day win over Blackburn 2-1 um, to secure our, our, our fifth spot. Um, so it's playoff football to come. Um, and we've mentioned misplaced optimism at the start of the season. Um, how did you approach the playoffs? <laughs> I, I had misplaced optimism going into that playoff, didn't you? Well, I, I looked at the four playoff teams and I thought we was a dead cert. But I don't know why. Maybe it was the first time, <laughs> first time you've been in the playoffs, <laughs> and then this playoff uh, was to be uh, pretty similar sort of consequence again in years to come un- until we actually reached the final. But uh, no, I thought we was. Uh, you know, you looked at the four teams: Brighton, Notts County, us, and. Um, who was the fourth team in now? Uh, let's have a look. Let's have a, let's have a look. Um, Notts County, Millwall, Brian, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough yeah. They weren't putting up no trees. So we looked at the four teams there. Yeah. I fancied us. I actually thought we'd get to the final. I, I, we played Brighton a couple of times that season. I can remember, them, remember, them, remember us actually spanking them at home 3 0. 3 0. Not um, long before, in March. No, no. And we drew away 0 0. Um, I think I actually went to that game uh, as well. And. You know, it was more, we were poor more than they were any good. So, by rights, um, I don't think no one had heard of a guy called Robert Codner by that stage. No, no. <laughs> but we would never never forget him. Um, I no. just watched, the, there's footage on YouTube, probably anyone wants to watch it. I, I haven't looked at this footage in donkey's years, Dave, and I've only done it today for the purposes of our show today. But it's painful viewing, mate. It's absolutely painful viewing. Um, at Brighton, Nick? Uh, I, I wasn't there. I think it was limited tickets because on their show, one shot of the crowds, like a little tiny section of the Goldstone side terracing. For anyone, younger listeners might never have been to the Goldstone ground, but it was an old school, um, fenced in kind of tightly packed football ground. And it was, they should give us the side terracing there, but I didn't go down there for that one. It was on. It was, it was uh, highlights on the telly, I think, wasn't there? It was highlights on it the was, telly. It was, um, it was a game where we dominated it for 80 minutes. And yeah. lost 4-1. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we took yeah. the lead. I'd forgotten we'd taken we did the lead. As well. Yeah, we did. Decent, decent dipping shot from Geordie, uh, from Paul Stevenson, from outside the Brighton box. It dipped and and um, very hard uh, ball for the goalkeeper to get to. So 1-0 Millwall. Um, and 1-0 until the 40th minute when um, Dave Thompson played his part in Millwall history. <laughs> But not in a good way. <laughs> not in a good way, no. Oh, I mean, it was, you know, it was just 10 minutes of utter carnage. But having said that, even though we went 1-0 to 4-1 down, we had enough chances in that game to get it back to 4-3. And, we, you know, we missed a couple of absolute sitters from memory. But, yeah, yeah you know, it was a shocker. Um, so, so there we are. Point, uh, Walker scoring as well for... Uh, Another Chelsea player, Chelsea player, uh, scoring. Yeah, for... Clive Walker. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty old by that. And I think he'd score again later on. For, did he? he? He played against us years later when he was still uh, playing for Woking. He played for Woking. That's right. Yeah
Well, you never told them it bought something and turned us down. I'm it sure probably it did. did. I mean, if if you were if you were compiling the film of Mill's life, you probably would have to insert that plot line, even if it didn't happen, because that's the kind of thing that would happen to us. You know, we 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 we, we turn these players away and then they come back to score goals in crucial situations. But I mean, the the floodgates. I think, I mean, the equaliser was where it really went wrong because it was a long, very direct side, Brighton. And this was the year of direct football. And it was basically a long ball down the middle, which Dave Thompson seemed to back away from it, hit him on the back. You know, he's a central defender and he's not headed it back from whence it came. You know, the first rule of being a central defender is you get it straight back from where it went. You know, don't, don't, not towards your goal. But he, he turned away from it, hit him on the back. And I've forgotten this stuff. It's painful viewing when you look at it. And, of course, it ran straight into the path of the striker, Barham, who buried it. And that made it one all at half-time. And um, we just went to pieces in the second half. Three goals in, in seven minutes of meltdown, basically. Small, Clive Walker and Robert Codner to uh, to complete the 4-1 win. So um, that was the away leg. But oh, I, I still that... thought we had a chance in the well, second Well, you and me too. You and me too. Because... Such were the levels of optimism. I thought we could take on a 4-1 um, deficit at the Den because the Den was a very special place, as you and I both know. And to a degree, 17,000 people in the Den, and to a degree, another little long-forgotten name here, John McGinley, yeah. put us ahead. And it felt like um, the, the, the hounds of hell were barking in the Den. It was it was madness in there because people were climbing on top of the spikes to kind of get behind the players, you know, to, to urge them on. And I... I thought for that first half, um, we're in with a shout still, because that made it 4-2. And I thought if we get one more, they could collapse. But of course, <laughs> there's uh, that word again. Uh, but. but, <laughs> but. <yeah>. but uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's just sort of like looking look, looking at the game through rose-tinted glasses, but we could have had, I'm sure we could have had four or five goals by half-time. We was absolutely dominant in that first half. Got the early goal from McGinley. Yep. Could have had two or three more. Would have brought us back by, but even at half-time, I was still quite confident. We, well, we yeah. Two goals in the second half. You know, I got a feeling away goals may have counted back then in the playoffs because we had only needed to win 3-0 because we got the uh, away goal in the first leg. So and, I was yeah. Yeah, you could be um, right. Two more in the second half and we'll be in the final. Um, I, I mean, I, I thought at half-time, I mean, the, the, you know, listeners can picture 17,000 people in the den. We're needing to get a 3-0 win. We're 1-0 up at half-time. Um, and, the, you know, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a den madhouse in there. And I, I think sometimes that almost has an impact on our players as much as the opposition because we, we just we just folded in the second half. Codner got a quick... Um, uh, goal, 46 minutes. That must have been straight after half-time. Um, and, you know, um, that kind of totally punctured the the, the atmosphere. It, it just died away. And that must be Michael Robinson, I think, there on the 70th minute for Brighton. Michael Robinson, I'm guessing, to make it 2-1. And, and, and that was that. Um, I can remember Codner scoring and going over and sort of celebrating in front of the Millwall fans. So yeah. Not really endearing to us anymore. I mean, we Could hate Good job there was a medieval-style fence with spiking on top to keep people at bay that night. But there we are. Um, so that was the end. That, that was also a bit of a start of a, of a playoff hoodoo for us, uh, Dave, because um, we never seemed to quite recover from that experience, did we? I remember a couple of years later with, um, uh, I think, was it McCarthy we, when we went to Derby in the playoffs? Um, yeah, it was change- another... 
change formation. And then we lost, didn't we lose two or three one at home? Yeah, three one at home, yeah. In well, I think fact, should... it's one of the only playoff defeats that didn't end in a riot of some sort. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had the problem when we uh, even everyone ran on the pitch. Yeah, that's right. Swing at one of their uh, defenders from memory. One, one of their uh, black guys. One of the defenders. Can't think of the guy's name. They made a big, big hoo ha about that. And then obviously, forward on a few more years, and you've got Stern John and the uh, yeah, Bermondsey riot. But our, our playoff hoodoo began with this this two legged. We lost on uh, aggregate six two, which was totally opposite to what I expected going into the two legged. Uh, Affair, so, and I don't think we ever quite shook it um, until 2010. Obviously, when we we finally that managed to negotiate the playoffs and and that win at at uh, at Wembley. Um, just looking down the list of players at the end of the season, um, strange season. There's some players, you know, obviously Teddy was 55 appearances. He played in practically every game there, Dave. It's incredible. Every game across all competitions, 55 appearances, 38 goals. For you know, I mean, that's a massive, a player of international quality, as we would later see in his, in his playing career. But to put that amount of effort into into the season, I know he's, you know, you can say he's a professional, he's expected to. But you look at some of the other. I mean, Alex Ray, 45 appearances. That's still 10 more appearances than Alex Ray, and you wouldn't have said that Alex Ray shirked his duties that season, with no. 12 goals. Um, but then you've got Malcolm Allen with just 22. Um, Brannigan and Horn kind of sharing the, the goalkeeping between the season. Um, the only other mainstay would be Dorsey, um, 48 appearances. And uh, the rest are kind of... Um, uh, Stevens, 51, and, and, and Waddock. We, we, we relied a lot on Gary Waddock that season. <laughs> Which probably uh, resulted in us finishing fifth, probably. See, Dave Thompson had 18 appearances down there, so... Uh, <laughs> Well, what are 18 appearances they were? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, John Goodman, 20. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you kind of pick and choose the rest. But that, that that's Teddy Sheringham's 55 appearances and 38 goals across all, all um, competitions is a standout moment in Mill history, in my opinion. Yeah. We, we've finished fifth. Strange champions that season as well. Champions of Division Two. Oldham Athletic. Yeah, I've forgotten Joe that. Royal. Yeah, Joe Royal. Joe Royal, because they were founder members of the Premier League. Who, who would have thought that? Um, you know, when when that 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 day would come. But Oldham champions, West Ham second. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday got got up in third place. Three three went up. Well, four went up, and then the winner of the um of the of the playoffs. If you remember, they tried that experiment of reducing it to twenty teams, didn't they, to help us yeah. win the World Cup? That's and right. And then uh, decided probably to move it back to twenty two again. Yeah, not enough fixtures. But that, that 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 worked, didn't it? All the glittering World Cup wins we had ever since. And getting relegated that season, West Brom and Hull City with Leicester just avoiding relegation. So just shows you how the world can can turn. In uh, what what is that? That's that's um, thirty years ago. Just over thirty, just under thirty years ago. So yeah. there we are. I mean, it was, it was, I think the next season, Nick, wasn't that the start of the Premier League the next season? 1993 it started, didn't it? Because uh, I think I think the next season was Leeds United winning the Football League Championship with uh, with Eric Cantona. And then they sold him, didn't they? I think uh, and that was the end of them as a, as, a, as a kind of a major force in the top flight after that. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the Premier League started soon after this, a couple of years on. 
and also the moving of the stadium. Of course, this was the final days, or the, the next season will be the final days of um, uh, of Coldblow Lane. Um, that was that was the clock was ticking on the old stadium, um, and we're going to build a new one. And I think the, the club's attention became diverted slightly into the construction of the of new stadium. We, we didn't do much in the following couple of seasons, although we did get it to the playoffs, didn't we, under McCarthy in 93-94. So, um, you know, there were, still, there were still hopeful signs in the future, but um, I just can't get past, and I've written it on my notes here, Dave, this was a an opportunity lost to bounce straight back into the top flight having got relegated and then to repeatedly fall short at various points. Just felt like a real opportunity lost this season, 1991. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd agree, Nick. I think other than the season that we did get promoted uh, back in 87, 88, this was probably our best opportunity since then to get back into the top division. I know we've had some good seasons in the championship since then and we got to a couple of playoffs. But, you know, when you look at the teams that were in the league, you know, to go into a playoff uh, four-way semi-final and your three opponents are Notts County, Brighton and Middlesbrough, you know, I don't think we'd ever, you know, be struggle to get an easier pathway back into the top division than that. So, yeah, opportunity lost, definitely, I'd say. I think it's the only season, just to close us out, um, the only season where I probably would have expected us to have done well. I can't remember any other season ever <laughs> where no, I expect, no, expected I us to do well. <laughs> <laughs> so this this exists as that one lone brilliant moment where we had expectation which which failed us. Probably the only season we've been in the what is now the sort of championship and uh, anything less than a playoff uh, place would have uh, been a disaster. Would have been a disappointment. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, that's brilliant, mate. I hope you enjoyed doing the show. No pleasure. Thank you. That, that closes out nicely for 1990-1991. Um, perhaps we'll do this again another day. Dave Collins, big thank you for coming on the show. Much appreciated, mate. Um, and all the best. And arrivederci, dear listeners. Thank you for listening to this uh, nostalgia show with Dave Collins. Many, many thanks. Talk to you soon. Achtung Millwall and the Real Millwall Fan Show are the number one Millwall podcast and we want to hear from you. So get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts, your views, your rants about all things Millwall. We've got email, achtungmillwall at gmail.com or one word, achtungmillwall at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us and leave us a voicemail on 0208 144 0232. That's 0208 144 0232 leave us a voicemail no human will be involved in the receipt of your message so give us a shout tell us what you think about all things Millwall and the best messages will be read out on air in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.